Hey, it's Ian, one of the Faction Podcast hosts. We're back. We've been away for a bit for a couple of reasons. Most notably, Trent is very busy at the moment opening his new store, Plenty of Games. But they're now open in the CBD, so go check them out. It is a fantastic space with a great team, running lots of events, and they've got good stock of all sorts of games and TCGs. We've also had Kyle move to Western Australia for a little bit, and the rest of us have just been pretty busy with life stuff. But we're back for a little bit. We've got two episodes dropping this week. First up, we've got an older episode, which was recorded shortly after our Faction Invitational back in May. Sorry it took me so long to edit that one. And secondly, we've got the first episode in a slight refocusing of the podcast. With the regional championship qualifier season starting soon, we're shifting our attention to the Pioneer format. These episodes will be slightly shorter and they'll be a bit more focused on our preparation, results and analysis of local events. So for the first episode, frequent guest Nathan Whalen joined me for a bit of an overview of the format, the decks you can expect and some tips for paper events. I'm hopeful that with slightly shorter episodes, I will more easily find time to edit them and we'll return to weekly or near-weekly episodes. And don't worry, we will continue to find time for off-topic rambling and nonsense. We're not robots. So if you're still listening, thanks for sticking with us, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Faction Podcast. I'm here. Trent is here as usual. I am. And we've also got Shane on for a special post-invitational episode. It's nice to be here. Uh, first time so yeah exciting is it really wow I, I i've done i did the interview for the champs but i've never actually been on the, the podcast itself well so spoilers but shane managed to win the whole invitational which is part of the reason he's on here that's what it takes apparently that's how nath got his foot in the door <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so you know just just had to win a lot of rounds and take down a couple of end bosses to do it that will be the main thing we talk about this week is sort of going through that. It's one of our two big majors for the year. Had a whole bunch of us out at Phillip Island for the weekend. I think we ended up with 25, 26 people there. Yeah, 25 and Hoodie didn't play. Yep. Yep. So 26 people. So a huge undertaking. And thank you as always, Shane. I know we've said it before, but as the leading force on organizing this and herding 26 people into this house um it's a huge job and we're very grateful it is a big job but i do love it i do love getting it all set up and and this is the uh, the first time well not the first time but this is the most help i've had with one of these yeah um so just just getting more people involved and, and running different aspects of the weekend um made it even more of a joy for, for me to be there and i got, got a little bit less flustered than i normally get so maybe that helped my, uh, my plan. <laughs> That's the secret is <laughs> when we don't have you doing the entire organization, suddenly you have more brain power to focus on the actual magic. <laughs> uh, my, my brain power went in and out throughout the day, but, uh, but yeah, it's trying to attest to that. I'm sure we'll tell that story at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> also really nice that this was the same house we were in last time, which I think is a first for us to go back to the same venue. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Place is the nuts. Like it's, it's, it's so, it's, you can't, put it into words how good the like how serviceable the the place is and how great the weekend is we're just I, I know i've said it in chat a million times we're so goddamn lucky to have like to be involved in the faction and have you know yourself put shit like this together it's 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 literally like my favorite weekend of the year like it's not even close yeah 
I've had some really good feedback from um, from a lot of the guys that was their first time there. So, um, but yeah, and also from guys that have been there before already. Just like just just a lot of PMs in the last day or two. Just everyone everyone had a ball. So so that's what we're that's what we're aiming for. Um, and, and yeah, I, I love doing it. I love getting everyone down there. So so yeah, that's that's the the goal and uh, and just have as much fun as we can because. Um, yeah, and Dan said the ones that were there on the Sunday night were like a few of like Alex and myself and Dan all have kids, so so that sort of explained why we wanted to really maximise yeah, the time sure, sure. It works on multiple <laughs> levels, right? Like you get the you get the mm. the faction boys together, you get the faction family together, the, the the friends of the faction involved, but then you get like you know the people yeah. that are looking forward to the weekend because they've had weeks or months of work. You've got the fathers that are looking at you know fire it up because they've been looking after their kids for x amount of years and haven't been yeah. able to blow off any steam it just works on so many levels like it's yeah it's it's it's, it's unbelievable how good it is and just a bunch of like-minded good mates together wanting to wanting to do the same sort of thing so yeah yep always a fantastic weekend as for the magic itself it is a grueling tournament so we started 11 a.m on the saturday with three rounds of new Capenna draft then into three rounds of Highlander, which usually... So we, we do the draft, there's a, a lunch break in there somewhere, and then we do the Highlander and there's a dinner break, and then there's two rounds of Sealed to finish the day. And by that point, it's usually about like 10, 10.30 by the time we finish the last round of Sealed. So it's a very long day with three different formats. And, and you know, I was saying to Shane earlier, we all a lot of us get down there on the Friday night and... I personally was just so excited to see everyone that, and I think this is true for a lot of people, we were up well past midnight. I think I went to bed about 3 a.m. after an hour of Judges Tower and then got up and tried to play this tournament off about five hours sleep, which yeah, definitely is it's, it's an endurance event. Yeah, well, another, another aspect is we had 16 guys drafting on Friday night. Yep. So we had two full drafts, um, prizes and everything, like three rounds there on, on the Friday night as well, so... And uh, to get that many guys up down there on the Friday night, all wanting to draft and excited about it, yeah, it's just it's just more magic and uh, and people staying up late. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Big shout out to the people who passed me hostile takeover in both the Friday night draft <laughs> and the draft in the actual <laughs> tournament. I couldn't believe it. I Trent actually watched me play one of my matches in the draft and said to me. Can you show me? I opened so not only I get past hostile takeover. I opened the same black mythic, a uh, body launderer, in both drafts. And Trent actually saw me play and said, "Do you have the other one in your deck box? If you got that second one, you can show me." <laughs> yeah, just out of curiosity, just make sure you can show me the one that you drafted last night, please. Uh, I have seen that happen. <laughs> it's just got all, all the same rares both nights. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that happen before, and uh, yeah, I just thought, "Oh, look, it's not that I don't trust you, Ian. It's just that I'd like to see them." <laughs> Oh, no, and I, I totally understand. It was, honestly, drafting the second time in the morning was a bit surreal, getting past this hostile takeover and be like, well, I guess we'll force Grickers, and then opening the body launderer again. I think they were it was pack two both times that I opened it, and I was just, there was a weird moment of me being like, is this actually happening? What's going on here? Is I'm, I'm terrible with card names. Which one's body launderer? It's two black black. It's a 3-3 three, three death touch. It's a mythic. Uh, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, it connives, and then when it dies, you basically get to reanimate a creature with a non-rogue creature with less power than it. Uh, non-rogue actually is a significant limiter because most of the best Grixis commons are rogues. <laughs> yeah, but it's still very powerful, obviously. Mm. 
yeah, yeah, it's pretty nuts. So in terms of the drafts, I know I was in one pod. I ended up two one, um, losing the finals to Bassa in quite a close game actually. Trent and Shane, I know you were actually in the same draft pod, right? How did your drafts go? No. No, 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 we're in different pods. Trent was in the one with nine people, and I was in pod one, I believe it was called. Ah, okay, sure, sure. So as Shane mentioned earlier, 25 people, so we end up with three pods, which was good. It was very close to having perfect numbers for draft, but, you know, always happy to have the extra person. Trent, how did your draft go? I know you've done a fair bit of this format, right? Uh, I wouldn't say I'd, I'd done a whole lot. I certainly haven't done much in the lead-up to it, Uh just to, I guess, to preface it all, I, I was not actually planning on attending until uh, basically my my partner and Joel Gibbons, who is one of well, my work partner, my business partner, and one of my best friends was like, you know, you, you need to put down plenty of games and you need to go and enjoy yourself. So I was actually able to come. And uh, yeah, I hadn't really tested or practiced anything for it but uh i was me personally i was extremely happy with how i drafted i think i drafted my seat really well i had um alec ferguson on my right and leo on my left and i think that the t- our table we had a table of nine but i think that we worked really well and i was happy with the outcome of my deck i wasn't so happy with the outcome of not uh not so much not 3 owing. Uh, i happily could have Two one, I th- uh, if uh, so. Dan- Daniel Papak was my first round opponent, and he had an absurd deck. I was very lucky that um, he actually hadn't done as much limited as as I had. So he kind of uh, had put in place in his deck a few um, like 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 thought process of thought processes of what is good in limited that don't actually apply to this format. So I was able to, you know, be a little bit more aggressive and, and get under him. But his deck was actually absurd. Uh, Elspeth, Mysterious, Limousine, two copies of Toulouse, the Clever Conductor, the three one that connives. Uh, and then whenever whenever you connive, it goes under it. Whenever you die, it gets it back. Uh, I believe there was some other boss address. So he had an incredibly powerful deck. Uh, and he ended up going 2-1 after I was able to clip him in the first round. But I actually ended up losing to Mulch, as is just common nature with me. That guy just sucks the power out of my ability to play Magic. And uh, he beat me with a 7-creature, unplayable piece of garbage deck. That, uh, <laughs> and, he, and that's not coming from me, so. that's coming from him. So, yeah, I got the 2-1, which I was... Dis- after I sat down against Mulch and lost to Mulch, I was pretty disappointed by uh, how did you go, Shane? Uh, my, my, so I was in pod one, um, and we sort of had a lot of very strong players. Um, I think we called it the pod of death going into it. Um, we, so I had Rob on my left, uh, who's an incredible drafter, and had Alex on my right. Um, and there was also like Gary, uh, and there's a couple others I can't actually think of off the top of my head. Um, Started pretty well. I think I, I started with the, the 2-1 Angel, um, draw a card, and sort of was being passed to by Alex. And just, um, I think a couple of the late white-green 2-3s uh, came through. Um, so I was like, oh, there's a lot of, there's green coming through and there's the white-green cards coming through. So I sort of settled into that. Um, going into pack two, Rob 
opens the pack and starts putting on a show and sighing and going, I can't believe I have to pass this and all this sort of stuff. So he's like, oh, should I take it? Should I not? He's like, here's a present. And I open it up and it's the, the Mythic Flyer, um, five, five, four blue. So I think it's all four blue seeing, blue. All seeing um, something. Yeah, yeah, I'm so bad with card names. <laughs> um, all seeing Servant. All seeing Arbiter. Uh, Arbiter, yeah. yeah uh, and uh, that, that card's bonkers. So at that point, I think I had one of the Broker's lands or maybe maybe a white-blue land or something. So I thought at that point, you know. Man, how do you pass that card pack too? Yeah, I'm not sure what he, what he took. Um, but I think he was... Trying to think of what his deck was. I think it was he was red gray. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think I, I, sh I shipped him some pretty good red in pack one, um, which uh, which is probably what put him there because um, I was pretty much a, I, I was looking for the white green or the white blue sort of stuff um, pretty heavily because it's just so much stronger. Even if you get on the weaker end of it, you still get a pretty good deck. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely not as high on some of those red cards that he might be. I think he had multiple of the. Jet, Jetmer's fixes, yeah, fix or whatever yep. they're called. The, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he'd sort of moved into that, and I think he was, he was pretty, obviously pretty set in that because he passed the, that. And then uh, the next card he passed me was the um, Blue, Blue 2 clone. Um, and you can, if you clone one of your own guys, you get a, a shield counter. Um, and that card's pretty good. And the card I actually opened myself in that pack was the white one. It says whenever you, it's got hideaway, but whenever you attack with dudes, you make that many yeah, one-one citizens. Uh, rabble rouse. Um, so I sort of went those those yeah, I went those three rares in the row, and uh, and it was all coming together. And I think no, I think it was actually Alex in, in pack three. I got like a pick five Gallagreeters into a uh, the two-one double strike shield counter guy. Yeah. Holy shit! Um, so yeah, just my 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 my, my card quality was just yeah. Very good. I remember <laughs> you you sat down. I think we either built close. Yeah, we, we set out. We set out. We we, we set outside and, and built built our decks next to each other. Uh, yeah, and I and I literally just laid across. I said, "Dude, you, you have a you have a control deck. Like, uh, sorry, a constructed deck. Like it. Yeah. The power level of this thing was absolutely absurd. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was crazy powerful. Yeah, it was probably the best one. I don't know if it was the best draft I've drafted of this, but it was right up there. It was definitely the best draft deck of this format I've seen. I have not seen a few, a many, but that yeah. was by far not close. One of the most powerful I'd seen. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very, very good. Um, I think I said, yeah, I was worried about the mana because the, the two blue guys I had with double blue pips um, for the two rares. So I think, I think in one game I had to um, connive away the, I had both double blue pips in my hand and only one blue mana and I connived away the, uh, the clone. And um, some and managed to find you know the the second blue source and and, and played it against Gary and Gary's just like okay I think this is over. <laughs> back it up yeah <laughs> yeah I had, I had I had Fabian in in round one um, and he played the ascendancy that you look at the top card and you can scry it away or you can keep it if it's a creature card or something like that he played he played that on turn three against me both games um, so he was getting a lot of card advantage but it didn't matter I just ran over him. Yeah, I had Gary and Gary had a very very strong deck in round two, um, but I I just had better cards than him somehow. <laughs> Even though he played some very good strong cards, and uh, and he was quite frustrated because he's like, my deck's the bomb. <laughs> uh, and, it's uh, not. And as, as, as Gary, 
as Gary, Gary and I always do, we put a little wager on these games, so he was oh, yeah. frustrated. What, what, did, you, what did you take away from it? Uh, we we just do oh, five okay. bucks every yeah. time we play, so 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 I, th- I think I think I'm I think it's fifteen in my favour at the moment or something like that, my ten or fifteen. So he's gonna have to pay me at some stage. I think when it gets high enough, I'll, I'll chase him <laughs> for it. But uh, <laughs> I've got him the last few times, and uh, and yeah, I've got Rob in the finals, and uh, and yeah, Rob had the aggro green red deck, but it just again, it just couldn't compete on quite card quality, and and I drew the right lands. So. So yeah, um, and you said Papak had a really good deck in your pod. Dan and I actually, Dan was going on about how good his deck was. So I'm like, I reckon my deck's better. So we, we sat down and actually played while we were waiting for round three yeah. to finish. And uh, and Dan came out swinging with Elspeth and all these all those connive cards. Um, but I slowly, I, I finally had to use all my rares against him. I was quite quite behind and slowly fought my way back into it. And I ended up playing the. Uh, the 5-4 Arbiter, and then Wow. So I had two of them. <laughs> and then at that point, Papak's like, yep, yeah, okay, I, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It definitely would have taken, like, a, a power level of Papak's deck to, to really fight against you, though. Like, so your card quality is so high. Like, all seeing Arbiter, it's funny, like, uh, the, the the 2-1 Double Striker, I think that, at least when I was looking at it, a few weeks back, it had the highest win rate of any card in the format. So at Rabble Rousing's up there uh, too. Yeah, any 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 uncommon it did. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just crazy, dude. Crazy. Yeah, man. yeah. So so that was yeah. Well, I enjoyed that, and yes, three oh six oh. So good start. Yeah, it was a good start to the tournament tournament for me, especially going into what what is definitely my weakest format and being Highlander. So I was I was happy with that start. I actually haven't three would one of our faction major drafts for a while, so it was good to. Good to get another 3-0 in there. I seem to go 2-1 in all of them. Yeah, yeah. And Ian, what, do you want to talk to you on pod two, I take it? So We had a very weird pod, yeah. So, because we sat down and worked out afterwards, and we ended up with... So, I was Grixis, passing to a red-black drafter in yeah. Drew, I think, who was passing to Nath, who was Esper, passing to... Bassa, who was also Esper and ended up winning the draft. <laughs> Kyle was ended up Naya. Uh, he was next to he was passing to Nath Jones, who was green red, I think. And then Tim was Esper and Elliot was Naya again. So we had <laughs> like four blue drafters all sitting next to each other. Or well, not quite. Sorry, Drew was yeah. red black, but you know no green for four players in a row and then three green drafters within four seats of each other so bit of a weird draft I do think to be honest I sat down at the start of this draft and knowing that I I know Elliot hasn't drafted this a ton because we were chatting before the draft and I don't know if Tim had done a ton either and so I think no he hadn't he told me he hadn't done any yeah so there was a little bit of confusion there I think perhaps but definitely a weird draft that we ended up with yeah these two Esper drafters next to each other both getting fed by me slightly up um, the table in Grexus. Um, yeah. For me, I went I went inspiring Overseer into the green-white uncommon that anthems your citizens into a broker's tray land and then got past that uh, that hostile takeover and just fully switched, like abandoned my first three picks and switched to Grexus, basically. Mm. Which worked out for me and I got past several like Grexus three-color rares as well. So clearly in the right seat, and as I said, there was no other Grixis drafter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when Grixis comes together, I, re- I really like playing it. I, th- I think it was the most fun deck to draft in the format. I've played it a bit 
with a blue-black base. I think red is really narrow, or, or shallow, rather. Strangle's really, really good, but then beyond that, there aren't a ton of great commons, and what there are tend to be the more aggressive commons, like Plasma Jockey. But I found that the blue-black base yeah. lends you really well to then splashing either Grixis or Esper, or sometimes both rares that you open. Yeah, yeah. I, I think every time I've been Grixis, I've been blue-black base. Yeah. Red-black red, just tends to be a two-color deck, which is very, does a very singular thing, but it can do it very well if you get the right Yeah, for sure. And, and I think the biggest indicator of that is is in the common creatures. So Body Dropper in red-black is quite good in your red-black aggressive deck, but in a Grixis controlling deck isn't very good, whereas the blue-black one is quite good because it's it's an on-curve body and then later in the game it's a lifelinker to really help stabilize you. Yeah, it can give you a body for the Corpse Reclaimer on turn three and stuff like that. Is that what it's called, the Corpse Reclaimer? Corpse Appraiser, yeah, yeah, which which I had one of those, and that, that card is phenomenal. It's one of the big pulls into Grixis, I think. Yes, yeah, very, very good. Mm. I like the other creature too, the 2-4. Camella? Camella? Right. Yeah, so my Friday night draft, where I had Hostile Takeover, also had two Camellas. Yeah. Dear God. Yeah, I couldn't... I, at one point, I had cast Hostile Takeover, had a Camella in play, which doesn't die to Hostile Takeover, because it deals three. And I was, like, attacking with it, and obviously my opponent wasn't blocking, because they didn't want me to get back Hostile Takeover. So I just cast the second one, Legend ruled it away, and then used it because it taps for two mana effectively to cast Hostile Takeover in the same turn. <laughs> yeah, it's got haste for some reason. That's that's nice. That deck was gross. That deck was gross. I also opened a Rafine, the Esper Mythic, which is like really good and standard, and, and Pack One picked one that and then ended up in like Grixis splashing this Rafine. It was that deck was gross. Yeah, that, that card's so annoying. It's, it's real strong um, and def definitely worth splashing. So that was Draft. Then we switched to Highlander, which is always an interesting format at these events because there's a few of us who play Highlander quite a lot and are quite experienced with it. And then there's a big drop-off to the people who really only play it at Faction Majors and will pick up a deck either... Some people will build a deck from scratch, a lot of people will just find a list online that they like and play maybe a couple games. Although for a lot of people, I think they've never played with the deck before. So... It can be a bit interesting, some of the pairings there and some of the matchups. Trent, you brought your sort of artifact brew that you've been playing for the last couple of months. Is that right? And how was it? Uh, how was it, Ian? Uh, well, it, it smushed me, that's for sure. Yep. It was, uh, it was really good. Um, yeah, it was sick. Uh, I hadn't done... Again, I hadn't done a whole lot of thought or testing or anything like that going into it. Um, but the choices that I'd made when I was thinking about the format paid off. Uh, I played against Braden in round four. I lost game one to the, the dice roll slash mana crypt draw, which is reasonable. Uh, Braden was playing like red, white, um, like aggro taxes, like Thalias. And I didn't see Blood Moon or... Magus, but I could assume, I actually like make the assumption that they were there, but just like Rabble Master and Lightning Bolt and Giver Runes and stuff and uh, I actually beat him on the draw on a mulligan to five with, I bought it in um, the Timely Reinforcements, which was I, no pun intended, like incredibly timely and then he he made this pretty rough attack which just let him left him dead on the crackback. I had uh, like the retrofitter 
Foundry plus Urza in play. I, uh, I did draw incredibly well for a five, but um, yeah, I was able to like block out and then just just crack back. Um, my draws were incredibly slow against UA, and like I don't think at any stage was it. It didn't feel like it was relatively close, uh, just because I had fast mana and, and good pressure. Um, Cap Cannoneer forced you to like just dump your hand and just you were already behind at that stage. Um, I can't really remember what what happened game one, to be honest. Uh, I think you just uh, actually can you even can you recall what happened game one? I, I don't know. You had a fairly fast. You had like a decent hand, a fairly threat dense hand that made me so I had to play faster because I knew I wasn't. I think you had like an Urza and a Khan and maybe some other mid range threat. So I went for an early gamble and as gamble works i discarded the breach that i gambled for yeah yeah I th- actually no i think i didn't but i lost a gamble when i tried to go off and basically invested all my resources and and it fell apart yeah which is what happens and i think because i think i had getaxi and probed you so i knew that you had a lot of power through the mid game and that i wasn't gonna win a mid game or a longer game and then uh my match three was actually against dello and uh, we had some just sick matches. Uh, game one, game one was over pretty convincingly. I, I actually, it was a good game, but I had the the graveyard lock with like Lion Sash, and I believe it was Soul Guide Lantern. I'd like bomb the graveyard after just being aggressive. Game two, I had Soul Guide Lantern, Relic of Progenitus, Lion Sash, uh, and uh, Tormod's Crypt. I went through all four of them. And it was Dalo was able to just like counter, stop, prevent, and got me at yeah, just just nothing, nothing left. But uh... yeah, I was down. I was down to two cards, and and you played you played the Soul God yeah. Lantern, and I was like, I was like, oh, and then I realized I still had this misstep in my hand, oh. and I was like, oh, hang on a sec, I've still got this misstep that I should have used earlier, but forgot to use it, so I'll use it now. And then I, I counted that, and I was down to one card in my hand, which was intuition. Yeah. Mm. And I had, I had, I had a medium, of, like, I don't know, like ten cards worth of fodder in my yard, and uh, and and yeah, with that one intuition as my last card, I, I pulled it out the next turn. The listeners of this podcast know my uh, absolute love for intuition, so that went down like a bloody fart in an airplane. But <laughs> well, I was dead. I was dead in the water. I. I'd, I was like, I would almost scooped two turns earlier. Yeah. I was, I was, I was so yeah, tired. I, I was, I'd been running the tournament. I'd been up all night, and at this point, Highlander was doing my head in. I couldn't concentrate at all. Like, I could barely keep my eyes open, and uh, and yeah, just making misplay after misplay, forgetting triggers, doing. I'd, I'd pretty much resign myself to the loss, um, and I was just like, you know, I'll make this. I've, I've got three winning in here. I'll make this up in one of my sealed matches. But obviously, I'll play it out and you know try and pinch one, um, and because you know breach can go off at any time. So so yeah, and I managed to pinch game two, and then we had like one of the most insane game threes I've ever yeah, played. Yeah, game three was legitimately the most crazy game of Highlander I've, I've ever played. I I had one of my super fast starts that involved a fast mana, an Urza, and a, a Urza Saga, and a Reality Chip, and. Dello had 
like uh, he seeds he seeds of uh, seeds of seeds of innocence me he force of nature uh, force of vigor me he nature's claim me and the deck was just like yeah. I, I besieged besiege your uh... yeah besiege you the saga was it no 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 the other one the Talarian Academy which which I actually should have done earlier but because I, I, I brainstormed into it sure that's right yeah. I remember you saying that and I was like oh why didn't I brainstorm right. before you cast all this shit but but then I found the seeds anyway, so it's probably okay to let you dump your hand. Um, but the, the the problem was the uh, the, the Emery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Emery Emery just allowed me to rebuild, and yeah, it was just a crazy game. It came down to I had you had a bunch of creatures and at Lurus I had an insane board with a some tokens and a shadow spear and and like i said you were just i think that you were just that that out of it at that stage you just kind of like you just like resigned yeah. blocked yourself into into taking lethal and... i i was like i was just getting more further and further behind because of mm. the emery like your value your value was coming back and i wasn't drawing enough cards fast enough mm-hmm. so yeah and then i made a pretty bad bad block with the tamagoy but at that stage i don't think it mattered I think you just were getting too much value compared to what I was doing, and I was never at a point where I was going to be able to to breach you because you because you always had a lot of ammo to stop my hit graveyard. And we should we should note so Shane was playing the green breach deck that I've been championing for a while now. Yeah, I was I, I literally Ian wrote an article on the faction website. And I was like, well, this is more information that I have about any other deck, and I know this deck's good, and I had been playing a fair bit of Brennan's Breach deck on, on Magic Online, um, just against Swanee and, and people like that. So I'd, I'd practiced the Breach deck. Um, yours was, you know, the just similar, but with, you know, the, the backdoor into creatures. And I thought, well, it's going to it's gonna play fairly similarly. So, um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Yep, so Trent managed to play the exact same matchup twice in a row. <laughs> yeah. Which which I've come to the conclusion feels okay. It, it feels okay. I think so. I, th- I think the only games, really, the Breach Deck steals for the most part are the Seeds of Innocence Force of Vigor games post-board. And other than that, it's a long way behind. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and even when you get those cards, if he's got memory, you're still getting, getting pretty heavily outvalued. Yeah. I couldn't believe I oh, I just can't can't put into perspective like, the game was just wild like it's just we were just throwing yeah. just throwing houses at each other <laughs> like just our decks our, neither it was like it was like our decks just had a will not to lose like that's what it felt <laughs> like it was yeah. like okay I need this exact card at this exact spot okay here you have it go yeah it was <laughs> one thing yeah. after another it was absurd yeah, because after I did wipe your board, I did have a couple of creatures and was getting some quite serious damage in. But uh, the problem is that you just get started getting bigger stuff. So yeah, I got those. I got those few swings in, but you had the the stuff there to, to sort of counter it and, and come back. So yeah, it, it was a really fun game, despite how, how tired I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were buggered. You were you were stuffed. Like I, at the end of that game, even bet- halfway between it, like, like I said, we're throwing houses at each other. But it was very clear to yeah. me because my mind was going a million miles an hour because I did not want to lose. And you were just like, yeah, yeah. What fucking what what day is it? Like, like what? Well, where, where where am I? Like you were absolutely out of it. 
I have to admit, I love Game Three because, as I said, I was like, I, I was, I was happy to take the L. I knew that I was playing not great Magic, but I, games one and two, I was like out of it. Games three, I just sat back and just thought we had like a crowd. Yeah. So I just sat back and I was just watching your face and you were just working out every little detail and I'm like, I'm just going to play whatever cards I draw and whatever, what do I feel like and see see if I can somehow steal this. But I'm not going to think about it too hard. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy I think someone bought me um, three slices of pizza. So I actually ate three slices of pizza during that last match. Yeah, I ate it after. <laughs> you ate it after because you were doing a lot more work than I was trying to, work, trying to win that. So you, you thoroughly deserve that one. So then, at the end of Highlander, with two rounds of sealed to go, I was 4-2, having 2-1 both. Trent, you were, I think, so you were both 5-1? No, 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 I drew with Nath. So my, my other Highlander rounds were at Nath, which went to time, uh, and that, I think that's what set me off on this really tired, stuffed sort of tangent, because that was an epic three-game series against Nath where we, we were, again, throwing haymakers at each other and, like, two decks just trying to outvalue each other and trying to... He's trying to stop me from comboing and I'm just trying to outvalue him. And, and in game three, basically, we got to the point where it turns and neither of us could do anything to each other. Yeah, for sure. So Nathan was playing Rug as he has been pretty pretty solidly for a while. I was putting a bit of damage on him, but then he played Clothus and, and then he started gaining life. So I was dealing like three to four to five damage to him a turn with like with a Quandrix apprentice and a couple of uh, exalted creatures and and a uh, and a Renin six, and so I was getting a bit of damage in through there and he could and he wasn't doing much at all but he got the Clothus out and yeah and just getting those few life just sort of put put me well out of range from ever being able to sort of get him get him dead that way and uh, and he had like all this removal and all these counter spells and stuff to to deal with anything else I was trying to do so. So yeah, that game went to a, a five-turn draw. Yeah, and that matchup is really complex, and they can go really long. Oh, it, it I, yeah, it hurt. It hurt my brain because I, I really didn't want to lose to Nath either. I felt like I, I, I went, I, I went over four, or I think in Highlander at champs, and I really didn't want to repeat of that. And um, and it was a yeah. I thought this was a tight, like this ma- match was like a pretty good make or break point. Um, so I was actually happy to steal the point there. Um, Nate's a pretty good Highlander player who puts a lot more time in Highlander than I do. Um, so yeah, I was definitely happy to walk around the point, but I did want to win it, and I put a lot of brain power into trying to get that win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very quickly, I'll, I'll just very quickly talk about my round five. Did anyone else play, play against Mulch? I did not, but I saw him play. Oh, you've sorry, his Highlander deck? No, I did not. His Highlander deck. It was mono-white? Mono-white? Yeah. That was round five. We sat down and... Shane and Mulch were sitting next to Trent and I playing, and we sat down and three of the four of us revealed Lurises. Yes, yeah, that's right. And, and Trent just looked it all in disgust. I was the good guy. Yeah. I was definitely the good guy. Yeah, so so that match, um, we did, like, somehow, like I think in, in game one, um, Mulch got me with his Lion Sash. I just couldn't get much going in the graveyard, and, and his creatures just ended up being bigger and better than mine. Um... Game two, I just sort of beat him with my creatures and, and value, outvalued him. And then game three, it was sort of pretty even. I was, so he, was sort of, he was sort of getting a little bit ahead, but then I'm just, I drew intuition. 
uh, intuitioned and he's like, why is that in your deck? <laughs> and he, he just had no idea. And then he, uh, and I've been intuitioned for some really weird stuff. It was like, um, Lion's Eye Diamond. You got Gataxian Probe, Lion's Eye Diamond and Savine's Reclamation. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, that means you've got Breach and Brain Freeze in your hand, which what he, he called my hand. But yeah, it, so so finally he's like, he, he went through a million iterations in his head and he had one card in hand and nothing that affected me on the board. And I'm like, I, I'm 99% sure his, his hand is an absolute blank. Um, and and yeah, finally I, I did a very, a very poor Breach uh, win against him because I forgot that I could just spam Brain Freeze against him multiple times after I had, I just, I was spamming LED for some reason. Just getting my st- st- uh, storm count <laughs> up, and then and then and then we're like, hang on a sec, I can just cast brain freeze like five times here, and you're dead. And uh, and yeah, at the end of that match, um, Mulch is like, I-, I had no idea that you were a breach deck, and I was like, yeah, I was trying trying very hard to hide that from you because I thought I was going to steal a bit with it in, in one of these games, and it just happened to be the last game, and he definitely could have done things in the in the game that would have stopped it when he had like um uh, maybe lion sash or something and he he was like getting rid of all my permanents and not specific cards that i potentially could have used later yeah um yeah absolutely and i've talked about this but this is one of the appeals of this build of the deck is you do sometimes especially against people who aren't as in tune with highlander or who haven't played against the deck before and don't realize you get games like that or i had the opposite against nath jones where i like cast the turn three intuition in game one and he was playing a like an omnath control deck and he sided out a decent amount of his removal and i just beat him with creatures in game two i like played a turn two quandrix apprentice and it drew seven lands over the course of the game without ever dying you know yeah yeah so yeah it was it was fun getting and that was my one win in highlander so thanks ian hats off for that deck you've done a lot of work on it and uh, it's, it's pretty good so yeah, no, I was I was very happy with my one 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 in Highlander. It's a lot better than O four. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, we move on to sealed. There's two rounds there. We're playing Kamigawa Neon Dynasty sealed. I don't know about so Trent. I know you've drafted this a lot. Uh, Shane and I were talking before, and we were saying we did no sealed really. I think we did one on release weekend, but apart from that, no sealed and a little bit of drafting. Yep. Yeah, I, I did. I did about ten to twenty drafts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably about the same. Which is a, which is a little bit for me. I, I draft a lot. Yeah, th- this this format would have been the most the most drafted format I've ever done, uh, and I don't think it's relatively close. And I played a bunch of sealed with it too. Uh, it was so good. I I loved it. I had such a good time. My pool was complete dog shit, but I pulled it together. And that was it was so funny. There was so many bad pools, which was really weird because this format from what i've seen didn't really resonate to like it didn't usually go that way um it was always like pretty reasonably placed pools because the power level across a lot of the well almost all the colors is really flat so which means that there's yeah, a ton, yeah. tons of playables but um yeah the format was the format was was i mean like i said i, I fucking loved the format so i, I had a great a great time yeah, I really enjoyed the pre-release and and this and, and playing this year it was uh, yeah I, I enjoyed it. Um, the first pack I opened opened the the wandering emperor. <laughs> the nuts, the nuts. <laughs> yeah, I just I was sitting with Chiss and Alec and I'm just like, hey, <laughs> I guess I'm playing white yeah. no matter what because yep. yeah. Uh, 
It's a good one. It's a tough one to beat that one. Yeah, yeah. So, so your record it was five one at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was five one going into sealed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you, you were pretty confident you were locked. Yeah, that's what. That's what I think. That's what you were saying, or people were, were saying. Um, people, yeah. I remember. I remember because the the distinct memory I have is just like we finished our match and Papak walks in from the back with a beer and someone asked him, he's like, "Yeah, I'm five one," and then like I think Nathor yeah. Nathor Rob was like, "Oh, you're locked," and just like the look on Papak's face was like of absolute incredulous like he was just like how did this happen because uh because he 3 <laughs> he had the 3 0 Highlander playing playing Reanimator and he looks at me and he's like how'd you go and I'm like oh yeah good he's like so you're in I'm like oh, I think so he's like no 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 we're in right like we're in I was told we're in I'm like yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think we're in but we'll, we'll get but yeah that yeah. was sweet that was super sick there were there were a lot of draws, which did yeah. make it a bit weird. But, uh, but the fact is that that you two, your break, if, if five threes were going to make it, it was going to be you two because your breakers would have been nuts. Mm. And I think in the end we did end up with a clean cut at five three. We did, we did, but very easily five threes could have missed out had some results gone differently. But it, it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been it would have been Trent and Dan. Yeah, it would have been someone someone that scraped into the five three in their last round. Sort yeah, of. I, I must say it. So, for anyone who listens to this that either hasn't been to the Faction Invitational or we haven't gone over it before, one of the best and also one of the most painstaking rules of the tournament is you are not allowed to, like, lose a match. You, you can't concede. You can't... Like, you have to play the tournament. Yeah, you're also not allowed to ID. And no IDs, that's right. So, when it comes down to round six, round seven, round eight, and... Yeah, it's different for everybody. Uh... Some people really want to win these tournaments. Some people want to prove that they're consistent top eight people. Some people want to prove that they're, you know, the top of the faction or even the invitation want to prove that they're, you know, they're worthy to be a, to be invited. It makes for really interesting, uh, really interesting matches. And one of them actually happened between Robin and... Uh, and um, Nathan Drew Whalen in, in round seven where they've got this massive board state the time's ticking down they both need a win a draw does them nothing and they're both just like oh do I pull the trigger do I not do I attack why aren't you attacking you know and it's just like Hoodie, Hoodie's sitting there with the phone and his ticking the time's ticking down and you can see the stress just creeping in and ah uh, it, it was like a, you could cut the cut the air with a knife it was absolutely electric it was i loved it absolutely loved it like and it was the same with with so, so myself and dalo we both played against kyle and kyle needed a win he needed to act beat one of us to get in and you could see he really he really wanted it i i like i firmly believe he wanted to beat one of us to make the top eight he did he hasn't he hasn't had the best faction major results for a player of his quality no, absolutely. So he was pretty hungry for it, and his deck was quite good. And uh, he actually ended up coming up short against both of us and missing. And that was that was pretty brutal, like, especially the way it all it all happened. And, I mean, you can you can speak to that, Shane. Yeah, yeah. I'll very quickly go over. I I had a, a white a white black deck. I was four one one going into it, so I just I've got paired against Dan. Um, Dan had pretty much blown his load at that point, and was just happy that he was pretty sure he was locked. Um, so he was pretty loosey-goosey playing that um, that round seven against me. And I was pretty, like, all business. 
Like Dan's not a he'll he'll be the first to admit he's not a heavy limited player. Um, whereas I yeah if, I'm pretty full on there. So I, I wanted to get that win against where I thought I had my best shot to do it, and uh, and I played full on. Um, as, as tight as I could as well as I could for that for that match and, and Dan was yeah pretty loose and, and I think I played turn 4-wonder at both games um, despite Dan also playing he played like a turn 4 or turn 5 uh, I think it's 1 GGGG for 2 4 fives. yeah uh, invo- Awoke the Ancients or something Invoke the Ancients yeah yeah. There's, I think it's 5 invoke, invoke cards and it was the green one that makes 2 4 fives. So I played Wonder, he played that, and I'm like, okay. Um, but I managed to have a 5-6 a Vigilance. No, six, a 6-5 six, Vigilance. And I attacked into his two four fives, And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know what's in this fight. I don't know what's going on. Why would you attack there? And it also had first strike um, because of the Wanderer. And he's like, double block. I mean, it's two four fives, And I had two of the, uh, the neg two, neg two things uh, in my hand. Um, but they do. They did neg three, neg three, because my guy was modified from the Wanderer. So I gave I gave both of them neg three, neg three. So the, and then the first strike damage killed them both before they dealt any damage to my guy. And uh, and yeah. So, but then he killed my Wanderer. Then he killed my six five. And we pretty much went to top decking mode. And uh, and I out top decked him. But um, but yeah, I had to use a lot of resources to actually get through the two four fives, to be honest, and that's what I pretty much emptied my hand. So that was a really good game. But yeah, I, I out top decked him, and that was game two. Game game one, I played Wanderer early, and he just yeah couldn't deal with it. So so I got I got passed down. And I was pretty happy, and uh, and then as as Trent was saying, I played Kyle in in round eight. Um, I I turned into Dan by that stage, and I was playing quite loosey goosey and uh, and just sort of playing my cards and. Uh, I'm joking and making a few jokes with Kyle. Kyle and I played a million matches um, against each other and also with each other on the same team in, in team events. And uh, I was having fun with it. He was pretty serious. And uh, and I was I got to the stage, I think, in our last, in game three, um, where I'd, I'd played out all my cards. Um, I'd got him down to three, but he'd taken over the ground. I had uh, the 1-1 one, one flyer that taps things down. And uh, and I was looking at the stage if it, like even if I'd had three more turns to hit him for three, the last three life it probably wasn't going to be enough he'd probably overwhelm me on the ground by then um, and I was like well I've got the uh, I, the the pump spell plus X plus X for enchants and uh, artifacts in my deck and I've gone well this wins me the game off the top but I don't think anything else is very good for me here and, and what card do I flip over it, it's that exact one and I'm like cast it give my guy like can you stop it and uh and yeah he was pretty shattered yeah he, he was he was pretty broken after that one <laughs> he i haven't seen him uh I, I felt i did feel sorry for him uh felt bad i <laughs> felt bad for him poor guy i I've, i felt horrendous like i i yeah of all the people i wanted didn't want to knock out it was probably him um just because you know we've been mates for so long and and been uh, pretty serious members of the faction in terms of uh, our, our spikiness over the years, and uh, and I know how much he's he's wanted to do well at a major. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I if I had my time again, like I wouldn't want to top deck at the top deck that card. But I said to him, I said, I mean, I've got to play it hard. That's that's the rules of the the tournament, essentially. Yep, that's that's the breaks, right? Like that's that's how it folds. 
uh, I'm sorry I beat you, but you know that's the way the cards fell, and uh, and he's like, yeah, he understood completely, but it still doesn't stop the disappointment. <laughs> Get wrecked, Carl. Yeah, sorry, mate. And yeah, and you guys, I mean, Trent, you played a couple of rounds of Seal, you beat Kyle, and then I think did you lose your set? You lost your second one, didn't you? Yeah, I I, uh, I played against Bassa, and game two and three were just really non-events from my deck. Unfortunately, the the variance kicked in. That was fine. I, I didn't didn't mind at all. You were six one at the time, so it's a good time to have a game where you don't uh, draw the mana. <laughs> I yeah, if I look back on it, I I thought I'd played well enough to deserve to to, to deserve having the variance go bad and me not not being frustrated by it. So it was fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ian just had a bad deck, right? He opened pretty bad. Yeah, what happened? What happened with you, Ian? You, you just—I—I I, I remember you saying we we well, we rebuilt it and it didn't look too bad. Yeah, so I, as I said, I haven't done much of this format, so I certainly felt very lost trying to build my deck and didn't didn't think the deck was that great. But without a huge frame of reference, wasn't totally sure. But certainly, like looking at my deck, I, I had quite an even color split actually amongst my colors which actually i found made it harder to build i had about sort of seven cards in each color that i wanted to play yeah that's what trent was saying about the format right it's mixed over yeah yeah um so i ended up with the green white deck with sort of enchantment sub theme but just ended up with what looked like a reasonable curve of like c c minus creatures essentially so i got uh, easily run over by mulch in the first round and then as trent said I had a bit of a discussion about my deck, ended up rebuilding it slightly. I think we changed about, like, six or seven cards. So, like, a decent chunk off and just one or two cards I had just missed and also just a bit of a better understanding of the format and and sort of the limits of the mana and the format and that kind of thing. And then I played against Chess, whose deck was much better. I think exemplified by the fact that in, you know, game one we had a close-ish game, but I mulliganed and was just a bit slow. I think I played, like... A rant spell on turn three and had like several good five drops and got like the first one countered, the second one removed, and then died to his flyers because he curved out with the modern age into the three two rare flyer that has like it's a reconfigure card and you you can't lose the game if it's equipped, but mostly it's just a three mana three two flyer. So he just sort of curved out really nice curve of flyers into like counter spell and removal. And then game two he played the the rare ninja that comes in with a menace counter and when it hits you you can remove the counter thoughtseize biting palm ninja yes so he played two of those on turns three and four into the blue uncommon saga that neg two negos your your opponent's board and then draw two scry two and then is a large flyer on chapter three and those cards were just better than most of my deck and i just sort of couldn't deal with that so overall, bit of a disappointing finish, but at this point, I was so tired. A lot, a lot of people were. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my deck was that great, but I also just definitely didn't play that well, and it wasn't a format I was that familiar with, so overall, not unhappy, to be honest. Falling falling short at the end there is definitely a bit frustrating, but I definitely just wasn't in the zone or in the right space by the end of it to really close out that those rounds, so... Still a decent result. Still ended up four and four, which is you know, especially in that field, is a result I'm not unhappy with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, the fields just seem to be getting stronger and stronger, especially um, with with players such as uh, Bassa and Mulch drawing the fray. It, it, it does get harder and harder each year. Yeah, this was definitely the 
the toughest field for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Basser and Mulch are monsters. Like, I don't know, I don't know how the, I don't know how the fuck Mulch does it, but he does. And Bass is just extremely an extremely good magic player so yeah it was gonna be tough like it was gonna be tough it's definitely one i look back on and whilst i didn't really care about the result it i'm happy that i was up there with you know in that top eight yeah for sure so then both of you ended up in the top eight which was the next morning and we had a modern horizons to rochester draft I buggered off to the beach in the morning so I didn't actually see this draft at all <laughs> I definitely hit the point where I was like I've I've played enough magic now I'm gonna go enjoy the beach which was lovely Phil Island like the beaches around Phil Island are lovely so no regrets there but you will have to walk me through how did the draft go it was my, my, myself in, in the one seat Trent in second Mulch Bassa Alex Papak Chirson and Braden at the eight seat so that's literally the order that we we lined up for the draft. Um, so we sort of looped around the it, it's Rochester. So we looped around the table um, around the camera that Dan had set up to film it uh, in that exact order, and and sort of went from there. Basically, how it works is is fifteen cards in the pack. The person that opens the card in the pack only gets one pick, and it goes at. It, it swings back. So if you think about Shane takes the first card and it rotates all the way around, everybody gets a pick. Then Braden was seed eight. So he gets to take a pick and then it restarts there. So Braden gets to take the second pick and it rotates all the way back. And then I will get the la- I will get the 15th card in the pack and then I will open the next pack and then Shane will be the one that receives two cards from that pack. It's very interesting because I was next to Braden in the eighth spot on my right and I was also playing him in the first round. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's what we had uh, last year as well. So, so we, we were keeping a we were keeping a very close eye on what each other were doing. I, 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 for I for one, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought that there was so much, uh, so much thought. I think everybody, for the most part, was really thinking about their picks, their like where they were sitting in in position to the draft. I know that the most the the most hilarious part was that uh, so the first pack was open, chain open, uh, was Urza Saga. And then Dam uh, was a was a foil rare, uh, which was very clearly the first two picks. Uh, so Shane opted to take Urza Saga. I took Dam, and then Luke just takes a double black removal spell underneath me. And I kind of just look at him and I'm like, yeah. "That's not it's not Maybe gonna work." And then uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Mulch. I think Mulch realized pretty quickly, uh, and and I even commented to him. I just said, "Get out of my lane, bitch!" You know, so he's kind of making fun of it, and yeah. But people realized pretty quickly, um, like who was trying to do what. There was a little bit of competition, bet- like jo- jockeying for position early on about you know who was where in terms of colors and power level. Um, and it was really cool because I don't think the draft was dictated too much by uh, like powerful mythic mythic cards that just dominate the format. I think that the, the probably the most damning pick for for anyone was actually just Urza Saga right off the bat because it goes into every deck it's it does strike you into an archetype but it's not actually color specific so it goes in every deck um which sets you up to just like be able to take artifact lands and artifacts and you ended up with a a super good a super good artifact themed deck but outside of that i mean i ended up in black white because i had dam and and it looked like white was pretty open on our side of the table um so but yeah, realistically, not too many people were just 
on rails because they opened like the glory bringer you know and that was really cool because it just meant that people were trying to find their lane and and, and picking cards to try and go into color pairs and yeah it was just it was so much fun i had a great time with it i thought it was fantastic and i really i have to give it to people like we were really good with the time like our review period was good and then it was like our picks were like bang 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 you know if someone was being a bit slow they'd get the hurry up and yeah, it was really good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had such a great time. Yeah, I mean, I, I because I didn't know Modern Horizons 2 that well, I didn't really know what comments people were taking that that much. Um, but I was very, I was pretty heavily focused on what Brayden was doing, and I was pretty heavily focused on what Chiss was doing because he was fighting me for for artifacts. Um, I ended up in blue white affinity, and he ended up in like white red aggro um, sort of modular artifact sort of version. So although we're on slightly different decks, we were fight. We did. We were looking at each other, fighting over picks a lot. Um, but other than the two of us, we we were pretty much uh, everyone else was sort of doing something quite different to us. So we we sort of knew what cards we'd be fighting over in every pack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think yeah. If we would look at if we look at it, I think that the draft worked pretty well together for the most part. Like there was people butting heads early on, but people deviated. Like the perfect example was, you know, I took. Damn, and then I got the Breathless Knight, the Black White Two Two Flyer on the way back, and then Mulch was like, "Oh, shit, I can't be black. I, I shouldn't be black here." So we kind of deviated into the the Red Black Madness, and he got away from it and got away with a good deck, and and so on. Like, and then, um, you know, uh, Basil was in red early, and then moved into green red to pick up the Storm because I don't know, he just is fucking addicted to the word Storm. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was sick. Yeah, he, he, his, de- his deck was pretty sweet. His deck was good. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize how bad that Chatterstorm card was. I I actually thought, like, it, surely it makes two one ones to be playable. But then I thought, actually, that's way too good. But I hadn't thought about it deep enough. Yeah. And then he's like, no, 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 it makes one one one. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> that is a lot of hoops yeah. for a one one. But uh. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And I walked over after the draft and saw him in red green and went, "Of course you are. Of course you have four chatterstorms in your deck." Uh, he had a pretty good build of it. I'll give him that. It was uh, he put up a bloody good fight. Like he probably, if if Magic was a fair game and like he didn't have to mulligan and stuff like that, he uh, or get mana screwed, he probably probably had me. I think it's interesting as well. That's one of the things about this invitational is we do the top eight draft is usually a less common format so this is actually one of the more common ones we've done but yes. it, it sort of shows like I think my understanding of the format from doing a couple drafts and, and reading about it a bit was that the green red storm archetype was kind of a trap and that Chatterstorm was a trap but clearly Bassa didn't think so nah uh, he made it yeah. I'll, I'll speak about that match in a sec but um, yeah I, I thought he did pretty well with what the tools he was given and a couple of hate drafts that I noticed. I know, I know Trent took a couple of cards that might have been okay in my deck. He knew that specifically what I was in. But the biggest one was Brayden taking a pick two. Uh, it's a seven cost affinity card. It's a rare, and it, you know it's a two two that draws two cards. Thought monitor. He he took that pick two specifically so that I couldn't have it. Um, and I thought that was pretty good gaming and interesting gaming by him because there were cards. He was he was like um, green green blue junk. Uh, like lots of clues, lots of value, and uh, it, it def- definitely well, maybe he did put it in his deck, but he, you know, he still would have been paying five for it. Uh, long story short, for anyone who's holding their breath, Dalo ended up beating me in the final. 
So Dello is actually our winner for this Invitational. Uh, in some sick matches, we had just a great set. Well done, congratulations. As as we touched on, really hard field, and so a great result. And you actually ended up leading. Well, you led after the Swiss, and then closed that out as well from the number one side. Yes, the standings after the Swiss were the exact standings that we finished in. That's pretty incredible, actually. I thought that I thought that was odd because I was I was going through. We've we've got a, a system that records all the tournaments, um, and I, I'll go back after the tournament, and make sure I recorded who finished where in the actual top eight. And I went to do that, and I'm like, hang on, it's just the same. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. There's nothing really to record here. So so yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, awesome. So congrats on the win. Well done, and also congrats and thank you for running such a fantastic event these are the highlight of the year for many of us these are the best weekend of the year for a lot of us and yeah. just a really great experience to be here and really lucky to be involved so thank you for all the work you put in uh i had a wonderful time i've said it many times we're extremely lucky to have this tournament i was just literally the luckiest man in australia maybe on the planet to be able to get there uh i had a wonderful time i really appreciate everybody uh who was there it was so sick Uh, i appreciate it i I love doing it and you know i've already started thinking about next week (laughs) yeah how long you know six months to champs right yeah yeah yeah, well we're hoping that they'll be able to accommodate us at pog to do the uh to do champs so we'll actually be able to take up some table space in there and run and run champs at pog which would save us renting out a house for one day which is not very practical in terms yeah. of what good, good way yep. to spend money so yeah that, that'd, that'd be awesome and then yeah another invitation will probably at the same house again down in phillip island next year fantastic very, very quickly i just wanted to also take a couple of seconds to talk about the friday Thank you so much to Coops for organising a golf day. We had six of us play golf on uh, on the Friday. He had some faction monogram golf balls which he gave to all of us, and it was just an absolute ripper of a of a Friday afternoon in the sun. We actually got some good weather. And thanks to Leonard for organising a go kart. The, the the house we stay in is next to the the Phillip Island go kart slash racetrack. So we did a we all went go karting on the Saturday morning before the main event. Yeah. Um, which I think I'm still I'm still sore <laughs> from driving that go kart around like a, a psycho. So so yeah, thanks to Leonard and and Coops. The the extra things we get to do on top of just playing Magic are, are another thing that makes this uh, weekend away so special. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks to those guys for taking the organising away from me on those ones, and uh, and, and thanks Hoodie for Hoodie didn't play. Uh, he had to come home for his son's birthday on the Sunday, but. He did a, obviously did a ton of work behind the scenes, and he also did a ton of work on the Saturday, um, organising all the food that we all ate. Um, so that was bloody awesome, and we love you, Hoodie, and we appreciate you. For sure. Really awesome to see him there, even though he couldn't stay for the whole event and had to head back early. But For the Sunday, yeah. He was there for golf, on, and he was there for the Friday night, and he was there for all day Saturday. So he still got a good weekend away as it was, just couldn't, uh, couldn't play the main event. He needed, he needed an excuse not to take any more L's, I reckon, so... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, thank you for joining us this week. Always good to have you on. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Faction Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out for Pog and all their social media and when you can go in and, uh, and spend some money in there and play some games of magic. Bye, Kyle. <laughs>